0: Are you wishing you could have a CFO for your business, but no, you're not quite there yet? Well, you're in luck and in divine timing. On this episode of I Am Vibrant, my guest is Amy LaLiberty. She's teaching you how to maximize your profit, even if it's still your side hustle stage in business, what systems you must have, when to outsource, and how to separate your self-worth from your bottom line so you can form a relationship with your money and your business that takes finances from transactional to transformational. Listen in now. Hi, everybody. This is Leah Lund. I want to welcome you back to the I Am Vibrant podcast. If you're a spiritually conscious entrepreneur or coach or healer or leader of a movement, and you are ready to start doing things from the state of ease and flow instead of all the push and hustle, you're in the right place because we are here to help fill you back up so that you can recalibrate and really have the energy to sustain the incredible work that you're doing in the world. And I'm so excited to first of all, introduce you to our guest today, who is Amy LaLiberty and she is my virtual CFO. And she can be your virtual CFO. <laughs> so we're going to find out all about that and more. But first of all, Amy, let me welcome you here to I Am Vibrant. I'm so happy to have you with us. Thanks, Leah. It's great to be here. Awesome. So, um, so I, you know, words carry such a vibration to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, any entrepreneur knows we sort through words and words and words and words, right? To describe what we do and to try to get uh, the essence of our service across. So tell me a little bit about my virtual CFO and how you landed on that and even how even bigger scale like how did you
1: come to be doing the work that you were doing? Yeah. So so my virtual CFO, the mission of my organization, my company is to help business owners create a relationship with money. And it is their relationship that they define. It is not a script that I write for them to implement. It's really something that we build that's a holistic approach to how they want to have a relationship with money. And the way that I got started was I um, created my own relationship with money through like from like very early beginnings as a child, all the way up to when I was in college and um realized that my uh, family's financial situation had changed. And um, I was left having to uh, pay for my college education and intentionally deciding to um, create that relationship with money. I spent like the first part of my career professionally in a corporate environment uh, doing all the things. And then I realized that entrepreneurs... Um, this is a gap. This is a skill set. A lot of business owners don't get into their business so that they can have a relationship with money. They just want to provide the service and to, to create that, that lifestyle business or, or whatever their intentions are, but not to organize and categorize financials. And that's where I come in. I help them do that. And I also use strategy um, to create any financial goal they wish to set.
0: Amazing. I heard a, a collective sigh of relief. I don't have to do that. (laughs) I don't have to do that part, you know. And it's okay if I don't even understand that part. Um, Mm -hmm. And you know, I know that you have helped more than seventy-five business owners. You're a trusted profitability advisor. I think that's important to distinguish from just financial profitability advisor for six, for seven-figure business owners. Um, And you really bring some. Freedom, I'm sure to and comfort to them where this this part is handled like they have mm-hmm. something that they trust and then they can be in their zone of genius and mm-hmm. and they can you know put all their energy into that part of uh, to the reason they got into doing whatever it is their business is in the first place um I think first what I'll do I'd love to I'd love to answer so have you answer some kind of technical questions so Mm -hmm. for the person that uh is listening and is already like we had you they you we had them at you know somebody else can do that part (laughs) Uh, (laughs) let's talk about that how to know when and some of those Mm -hmm. details but then i know we're going to get into mindset and and some other topics too because there's just no way around it is there (laughs) no there really isn't (laughs) there really isn't but but let's start out from um I'd love to speak. have you speak to give some advice to the entrepreneur listening, who is still maybe where you were and where I was in a corporate environment, but having a little side hustle mm-hmm. and wanting to get that side hustle going so that it eventually can be their full time. That's a difficult position to be in. Mm-hmm. So what recommendations
1: would you have for them? so i think that this is when i say like have the relationship with money i think that there's so many paths that will get you to that ultimate destination and what's really incredibly important if if you take nothing from anything i say today i want to offer you and invite you to create awareness around how you interact and how you relate to money so i am someone who tends to like like kind of just like step like little by little into something i don't go from like zero to 20 that's just not my style but that doesn't mean that that if that is your style then like your awareness of that is super super important so if you are somebody that has a side hustle um and you're someone who who has the um belief that what you're creating for yourself is exactly like what you want to do and you want to make that a full-time um uh, gig, um, and you have like the uh, the risk tolerance to handle it, then that awareness to know that, that's something for you to consider. For me, this is what I did. I started out with the awareness of like, I know I wanted to start my own business. I have um, I'm a mother to three. There, we're a family of five. Um, and for me to just leave my job was just not a consideration because there were other factors involved. And so what I turned around and did was I decided I was leaving my six figure position and I found a job in the same industry that I was working in, but in a part time capacity. So I took my full time capacity, I cut it in half, and then I started building up my business. Once I was able to meet my business, Revenue with that part time revenue, I got rid of the part time job, and I went all in on the business, and and then I went from there. So it was like this 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 multi tiered approach that I took, and it took about two years from the start of it to the finish of it. I loved all my reasons for taking the two years because that was the time frame that I needed in order to not to really contain. I think my mindset of not feeling like the scarcity mindset, not feeling like oh my gosh, this is this gonna work. You know, and I think as time went on, I was able to really step into the belief of like I have like it was, can I do this? I I think I can, I am doing this, I know I'm going to do this. So like it was just those latter thoughts that I needed to to get to the other side. And so that's the way that I did it. That's where I see a lot of my clients that are in this sort of position where they're thinking about like making some shifts in their like full-time like nine to five and going, that's where I'm seeing them them move. Um, but again, it's really about what works for you. If you're someone who has um, a clear understanding of what your capacity is in terms of what your personal financial expenses are and you know that you've got the savings in place in order to meet those while you scale your business, that's great. If you're someone who strongly dislikes their their current job and is able to grow their business and work an alternative job to help supplement the pay, but it's really about the awareness of how do you relate with money? How, what is your living expenses? And I don't mean like cut everything and eat on like like live on ramens. Like I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm suggesting that you be really intentional with the decisions and create the plan from that space.
0: That is so beautiful, and uh, I, I just really appreciate that you're painting this picture that there's more than one way to do this mm-hmm. because i I know when I speak with clients that are in that position, um, others they've seen examples of where it's just I walked away from everything, and you know I started this and and um, and I love I just love providing the variety that it's not all or nothing. It's not. a a mold that you have to fit into it's it's like many other things in our life where there's a whole spectrum of choices and to honor yourself and your style and what puts you in the most relaxed state Mm -hmm. you know to where you then are open to be um, creative and sharing your gifts and sometimes I refer to it as the net like for some of it, I've done it both ways. Actually, when I first left corporate, it was just cold turkey overnight, and that's rough, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know. And then when I transitioned from my first business, which was executive recruiting, into this, I I, I really maintained both for a little while, mm-hmm. and that was much more pleasant. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. That's really great, great advice.
1: Yeah, and I I wanted to just say one more thing really quick, if you don't yeah. mind, Leah, is that no. I also think that um depending on your um your personal situation in terms of like you know i'm married i have a spouse who has a second income there was i mean that was also very helpful so like know that like everybody's situation is different so like just really taking the time to do that and know that i believe it's totally normal when you seriously consider leaving a 9 to 5 job to to be self employed and to start your own business like the whole, all of those considerations feel very overwhelming. How do you talk to your significant other about wanting to do this? Like all of those things will inevitably come up. And I will tell you from my experience that the fact that I, I went into that conversation with a plan really yes. helped. Like it wasn't like a, yes, go forth, follow your dream thing, but it at least didn't take the entire idea off the table immediately. It was it was like a gradual thing. So that's the other piece that I just wanted to make sure I mentioned.
0: That is so important. I'm Mm -hmm. so glad. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And part of that plan, you know,
0: for yourself, for your family, for those around you, you know, to have it well thought out is also money management and having a system, having tools. So why is that so important? And and what do you recommend in terms of a money management system when you're starting
1: out? Yeah. So I'm someone who... I mean, obviously, this is what I do professionally. Um, And this is the exercise and the opportunity and the invitation that I give to anyone who's listening to step in to think of yourself as the future CEO of the business, not the one that you're starting today, or you're in the process starting, or the one that you're going to have... Like two three years from now, and that version of you, that CEO version of you, is going to be so excited that you took the steps to create a financial system that is going to grow with you. So I recommend there's a lot of like, oh, you can just have a spreadsheet. I actually don't. I recommend that you like step in and get a bookkeeping software. Um, the one that I recommend is Zero. It's it is. Um, it's it's a subscription, it's paid, it's cheaper than QuickBooks, but it, it's a really great streamlined uh, system. And it's one that will help you build into, as your business grows, you'll be able to get all of that um, built into it. So if you wanna add payroll, it interfaces with payroll. So there's lots of pieces where you have, you set a really solid foundation with that. The next thing is, is that you don't co your your, um, your personal and your business. Create a business account from the get-go. And I know that some of you might think, of course. And, and, and I think that some people also think like, well, this is just, I'm not really making a lot of money. I don't need to do that yet. I invite you to become the future CEO and step into that and create a business banking account for yourself. And then also creating money dates with yourself each and every week. If you're setting intentional goals and trying to work towards leaving your nine to five job or whatever the goal is, what you want to make sure that you're doing is that you're measuring and you're taking, uh, measurement and you're able to reflect back. Okay. I intended to, to have five consult, uh, consult calls. I had three like, What was going on? Like, what was my mindset like? And really starting to look at that, but then also look at it from a financial result perspective. And what you're doing is really flexing that muscle of building that relationship with yourself and the money systems in your business so that when you get to a point where you are up and running and you have more calling to be the CEO visionary of your business and not the person that's doing all the financial tracking, you're going to be able to delegate that role to someone in a way where you are already someone who is well aware of how the money flows in and out of the business.
0: Fantastic. Um, Yeah, that, I mean, that's so important in so many ways, practically speaking, for taxes, for, you know, Mm -hmm. those kinds of things. But it's really a mental shift, too. Like, you become... Real. <laughs> the mm-hmm. business becomes real when it has its own systems, its own account, and um, I love the future pacing of you are the CEO now. You know mm-hmm. you are. I mean, you literally are. So beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful. So I mentioned taxes, and I and I know that you uh, encourage people to embrace paying taxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so tell us more about that, because that's not probably the first thought that
1: comes to mind for most people. No, I think that what really comes down to is people think paying taxes is a bad thing. But in business, if you are paying taxes, that means that you have profitability. And that is exactly why you've created a business. It's, well, unless you're a nonprofit... But even so, like if you have money at the bottom of your income statement, that's a positive number, that is indication that you are growing a profitable business. And so when you're paying taxes on that, that is information for you to say, I have created something that's profitable. And I choose to pay taxes in a really super intentional way because I am part of a greater collective. And I think what often gets what I always do is I have this little practice that I do for myself, and I encourage my clients to do, is that when they see that they oh they have to you know they they do self employment tax or they have like a uh, they have to pay taxes at the end of the year because um, that's what's due. I invite them to make that payment, but then to go to a a part of the federal government site. So I always like in the past couple of years I've gone and visited. Um, the health research websites for the federal government and look at all of the different research that the government grants are, are funding and like to believe that my tax dollars that I just gave to the IRS are going to support research for like new findings to improve various parts of like medical research. And it's really just changing the framework of how you view pay in taxes because you're paying taxes because you have profit, which is great. And um, you know, part of the part of the intention is to make sure that you are maximizing tax strategies in order to lower that rate. But ultimately, when you do end up paying taxes, it's always nice to know that if you frame it in a way of like I'm supporting medical research for this very important thing that I I believe is the the future and the possibility. It really just takes away that negative stigma of paying taxes.
0: That is brilliant. <laughs> that mm-hmm. is truly brilliant, Amy. I love that because yeah, you're right. Without that, it's almost as though we're giving away money to nothing. You know, that's of course not true, but if you're not conscious of some of the things that money is used for, it loses its value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. So um I want to shift gears in just a second, but uh, I do want to ask, you know, because we talked about the freedom of not having to be the one, um, you know, to do all the financial reporting and tracking and et cetera. I know one decision that's hard for especially newer businesses is when is it time to outsource some mm-hmm. of these things? So do you have some tips for a business owner, you know, to know when, when is it a smart thing to do to outsource? Yeah.
1: So, so here's the thing. I believe that there are people, there's like myself and there's other people like me that are that are able to provide you with the, the system and platform that you can get started from day one and you can work through the system. And then eventually what I see is that the $100,000-ish side of it it's really when you start to think about like, okay, I want to scale. I want to do growth. I want to start building out systems. And I know that I need team. And this becomes like, what are all the different things that I know that I'm really strong at? And what are the things that I'm not so strong at, but I've like flexed the muscle and I feel good about it. And usually like the bookkeeping, that is like the one thing that's usually like, okay, I'm ready to get that off my plate. And as soon as that happens, that's when I think is the opportunity for you to do that. But again, I tend to see that at the $100,000 between $100,000 and $250,000 is really where I see that go. And then just being intentional about what is the level of support that you want? Is it just somebody who's going to do the reconciliations? And or do you want someone to pay your bills? Do you want like really like really defining what you're looking for in terms of that support? Um, and then going from there. Um, that's where I tend to see it because, but I also invite you to not quickly get rid of it as a form of abdicating your responsibility, because ultimately as a CEO, you are still responsible for the financial vitality of your business. Like you are still the one that needs to make sure that you're creating the profitability and that you're, you're driving the mission of the business that in that way. so. So I invite you to outsource when you feel called to do so and when it financially makes sense to you, but also like, don't feel like it's like, I'm going to wet my hands of it. I'm done. You are in relationship with your money. And I always invite not abdicating that relationship under any circumstances.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. So, we've alluded to, I mean, you use the word relationship throughout this whole conversation relationship mm-hmm. to money, relationship to the financials, relationship to the business. And in any relationship, whether it's, you know, with food, with <laughs> a partner, um, there are the way we do one thing is probably really similar to the way we do other things. And it has a lot to do with our mindset. Mm-hmm. So, Tell me what about some of the things that you see when people start to have relationship with their business and their business financials, what kinds of things come up? Because I think starting a business is one of the um, most difficult, challenging things for exactly that reason. Like all of our own stuff
1: comes up, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, for, for some of us, we've grown up in a world where, you know, you don't talk about money. You know, it's like, you don't ask people like how much money they make. You don't do like, like there's all of these taboo topics around money. And so, um, and then like, how do you do money? You know, and, and, and just really what that looks like. And so it, it invites all of this unfamiliar. I'm not familiar with how to do this. And therefore, I am worried that I'm going to do it wrong. And the, you know, it's like the IRS is going to show up at my doorstep and take me away. Like those sorts of like, really like all or nothing type tendencies. And, um, and that's really where the part of like, it's, it's really stopping your brain. It's your primitive brain thinking that like, it's like in survival mode. Right. And that's not what it is. What it is, is that it's unfamiliar. Your brain is not familiar with you having a Unless you're somebody who's always had this deep enriched relationship with your money. Um, um, but chances are that's not that's that isn't the case. And that hasn't been the case with my clients. So it's really this like, I have it's unfamiliar for me to do this, so I have to make it familiar. And the way that I make it familiar is by checking in with my mindset, practicing um. Uh, like understanding your money story. Like understanding if you have any sort of like money trauma. If you're somebody who you know comes from um, uh, like low income, or if you're someone who has has dealt with any sort of financial hardships that has trauma. Like really recognizing that and seeing how how that has the potential and possibility to to show up while you are like in a CEO capacity with your own business. So there's that awareness piece of it. The next thing is really understanding the um, the, the stories of our past and the emotional childhood set stuff that comes up and exercising and inviting the opportunity invitation for forgiveness. You know, one of the things that I did when I was 18 was I got all these credit cards and I, had no idea what I was doing. So I bought all of this stuff and then I didn't pay for it because I didn't know how to. Like I know that this sounds crazy, but I didn't know like I was like, okay, what am I supposed to do with this now? And I ruined my credit at 18. And I spent like 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 the last part of my teens and my early 20s rebuilding it, paying all the debt back and all of that. And I learned so much and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for that experience. I didn't at the time didn't feel that way. But the reason why I'm sharing that is because, you know, one of the things that happens is that if I have like, if I want to make like an impulsive buy, even now at 43, I um, sometimes like have like a reflection back of like that time period where like I was doing that impulsivity. And it's more of like that opportunity to like heal myself and to say like, no, I like I want to do this. I am. I, that is not me now. That is, that is this is me today. And I think just really like developing and understanding like your past doesn't dictate the present and it doesn't dictate the future. It's just a, it's just a reflection of circumstances that happen. And our thoughts about that can change. Our thoughts are optional and they're always evolving. And, the, and we can poke holes at that story. If you're someone who has the thought, I'm really bad at money. If you continue to think that, then you may not want to have a relationship with money. And what I'm inviting you to do is like, that is an optional like thought. You can change that. You can have a relationship with money. You can become very good at money. You can create any single financial goal you wish to set when you create the intention and you choose to make what's unfamiliar, familiar. Wow. Yeah.
0: That is, um, you're not your average profitability advisor, Amy. (laughs) That is not a conversation that I see happening in many (laughs) financial offices, but it's probably the most valuable (laughs) conversation that could occur. occur. Um, Mm -hmm. And it really brings up the topic of of self-worth, of worthiness and self-worth. And I know that you teach how important it is to keep your self-worth separate from the bottom line So really as a final question here, you know, why is that so important, but also how, how do we keep our self-worth separate Mm -hmm. from the body?
1: Yeah. So, so I want to start off with like, we were born into this world, like wholly worthy. It was our, it's our birthright, right? We can believe that. And something happens from the time that we arrive until whenever, where all of a sudden, like we just forget. That we are enough, that we're worthy, and that we're capable of love, and that we are love, right? And and so when when business because there is this like businesses, like entrepreneurs like take what they have on their balance sheets and on their income statements, and they decide to to, to make it personal. If they look at their financials and they see at the bottom of their income statement a negative number and they're quote unquote failing, that has somehow linkage to them and their worthiness as a human being. And what I tell my clients is that the numbers are neutral. They really are. Whether it's $100 million or $5, that is a neutral number. Our thoughts about those numbers is what creates our feelings and then creates our action or inaction and drives and then creates our results, right? So if we can look at that from that standpoint, what we can see is that our self-worth and our financial statements in our businesses and even in our personal lives, they are not to be commingled. They are like you're worthy always. It doesn't matter how much or how little you have in your bank account. What we have is when we look at our financials, it is a point of measurement that we can say, okay, do we like what this is saying? Do we not like what this is saying? And an invitation to create change. But it is never a point of saying, I am an unworthy person because my business has a loss for this period of time. It has nothing to do with you. It's just a number. And that's really what's super important because when we're allowed to step in and we allow ourselves to step in to the, to, to the notion that we are worthy, whether the number is a hundred million or the number is a thousand dollars, that number is just a number of measurement and our worth is always intact and it's always with us and it will remain with us for eternity. Amazing. Amazing.
0: Yeah, take that in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody. like take that in. Amy, this has been incredible. So before we go, I want to make sure that you share where people can find you. Um, and we will drop your website uh, and what you what you share here in the show notes as well. But mm-hmm. where can people find
1: you? Yes. Yeah, so I. Um, my website is myvirtualcfo.co. And that's where you can find out more about um, what I'm up to, what I'm offering. Um, if any of this resonates with you, I am actually launching a program. So if you are someone who is just at the beginning of the stage of the business, and you have these thoughts of, I don't know what I'm doing, and I need support, this is the perfect opportunity. And it's called the finance edit. So again, if you go over there, you can find out more about what that is. And if that feels aligning to you, I would love to have you part of that community. Um, And then on Instagram at my virtual CFO is where I am. And um, yeah, that's about it.
0: Terrific. Terrific. Amy, thank you so much for being here. This has been so helpful, I know, to so many. And um, I just, I really resonate with everything that you shared. So uh, I'm so glad that we found each other yes, (laughs) and that you were able to be here with us today. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. You bet. And for everybody who's been listening in, just a reminder, you can go to spiritual wealth creation method and see our details of spiritual wealth creation because we are, our doors are open on that right now. We also have the 2022 Inspirement Life Planner now available for order, which helps you manage your energy beyond your time. And uh, we just thank you for listening in today. And I will be with you next time on I Am Vibrant. Bye for now.